last time on Join the Party. Now that the massive mountain lobster is under control and Dr. Morrow is safe and sound, the LT3 dig into what the hell is going on. Hard body and taxonomy were pixels? Sour Anthony only had powers because he had one-up snacks? Emily Slaughter is having a full-on breakdown? Oh, there's a lot going on. But the rest of the answers are back in historic Laketon, which is the last place Dr. Morrow remembers seeing after she was kidnapped. Closing time. Every new beginning comes from southern beginnings and... Let's get the party started. So Amanda, how does pizza react when you have Milo slung over one shoulder and you're leading a cut and bleeding vow up the steps of your bungalow? Pizza is very excited for visitors and sits near uh, his treat bin in the kitchen waiting for us to reward him thumping his tail on the floor. Milo digs an entire hand into the treat bin <laughs> and goes to give Milo, them all. Okay. It's a full, like, bowl worth of treats <laughs> in the treat bowl now. And then immediately flop on belly. Give me those belly rubs. Yes, belly rubs. Give it to me. The topping is belly rubs. <laughs> on the pizza. Adorable. Hell yes. All right. So where we last ended up, Dr. Morrow has given you a clue that she remembers that Gutenberg brought her somewhere in Laketon. And I know that Val and Milo are a little bumped and bruised, so you, let's do a let's do a, do a little short resty. <gasps> Yay! Yeah. Totally. Hell I want to yes. clarify, Val like Val needs a nap. Val's not doing too bad, but Val <laughs> would like a nap before facing Gutenberg. Yeah, Milo too. Just a quick, uh, quick <laughs> man nap. <laughs> I do like the idea. That like you got you fought a giant kaiju mountain lobster and Val's like oh I just got to stretch <laughs> I'm, fine. I'm fine fine just like a quick power nap a little bit of protein you got lasagna <laughs> you know Italian protein <laughs> that's what they call there's it there's meat in lasagna <laughs> no I just thought it was got the, I thought it was wonderful I thought that was incredible <laughs> I kept the first thing I thought of was like jerky lasagna and I'm like how would you even do that that's not Valfield Garval. Your Garfield is mm. what I was trying to get at. Yeah, no, Val's I got it. <laughs> Val also hates Mondays. <laughs> it's a Monday, so Val's just pissed off. I'm, I'm fucking pissed off on auto Mondays. Auto rage. Auto rage. Auto crit. Uh, yeah, you auto crit on Mondays. Animal characters we've compared Val to in the past two episodes. <laughs> Garfield. Sonic the Hedgehog. Knuckles, maybe? Yeah. You're somewhere in between Sonic and Knuckles, 100%. All right, so Val is going to regular short rest. I think you, you should roll your dice just in case, but I think you're going to go back up to full health. Sure. I need 28 hit points, and I have 12 D12s, so I think I should be okay. Yeah, you should be all right. Yeah. I point you over to my big stuffed armchair and put, like, a bowl of nuts and also a couple bananas and also a smoothie next to you. Okay. I got them back in five rolls. Nice. So. Wonderful. Nice. Perfect. Uh, Aggie does that, and Val... <laughs> It's a slice of lasagna in this movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For the protein. Take You take pocket pizza out and throw it in the blender. <laughs> pocket pizza. 
It's pizza bagels, you know, when you when pizza's on a bagel, you could eat pizza anytime, mm-hmm. especially after fighting a kaiju. That's when I zip pizza the dog up in my windbreaker and take him on a hike. I love that. <laughs> and Brandon, you're going to, we're going to do the similar thing that we did right after the fight at the big gala, is that we're going to use some other druid stuff here that you, you can recover some spell slots that are the number of level slots, quote-unquote, is equal to half of your druid level, so you can re- retain up to six, quote-unquote, levels of spell. Gotcha. I think I'll just do a fifth-level spell, because I have all of my level one and four, and I've only used one of my two and three. So, great. yeah, I'll be good there. But Milo does lay down on the cold tile like a dog next to pizza and he short rest recovers by having pizza lick his face yeah pizza drips a a soggy treat on your face yay anubis also like phases through and holds up like their iphone (laughs) or like an ipad to you as you just watch like another bloody action movie for like an hour (laughs) that's good i feel like you should tell anubis that the the girl from ozark is anna delvey now Mm, I've already watched that. I love scammers. <laughs> Incredible. Is that because Anubis is a scammer? The biggest scam is coming back to life. <laughs> Incredible. All right, so while, the, while Val is making a pizza smoothie and Milo's lying on the floor watching, oh my God, something with Dolph Lundgren in it, I can only imagine, or Jean-Claude Van Damme. Aggie, you're not going to show rest? No, I'm actually okay, and I want to make sure I verify that my parents aren't Gutenberg constructs before we uh, we go take them down. I'm sorry that we put that idea in your head. I feel bad about that. No, it's okay. It's it's important. And if they're not, I'll ask them a little reconnaissance question about uh, Laketon, but I'm going to pluck the sunglasses out of whoever's pocket has them right now and uh, walk over to my parents' house. Have we sure. checked Hatomi? My logic here is that my parents arrived so suddenly unexpectedly mm-hmm. while Gutenberg was like doing his shit. Correct. And Hitomi, we did meet partway through, but very early. So I think that's less a concern for me. I would say that I wouldn't have done this over the phone. I feel like I would have let you do this. I'll give this to you for free. Hitomi is not because Hitomi called Val to give them the, the, the scoop that was a part of the whole Night of Mirrors thing. Right. But I only did that. I don't want you to think that I was burying the lead on that. Hitomi could have done that in front of you. I just chose to call. Okay. So don't you don't have to worry about that one. Gotcha. But Lucas has been in Okapi this entire time. That's true. Yes. That's true. <laughs> Okapi? <laughs> I remember when Lucas got turned into Okapi. That was pretty funny. That was good. <laughs> that was good chat. really good. Oh, this episode's a clip show. Yeah, go ahead, Amanda. Yeah, I'll put the sunglasses on and walk over the two or three doors down to where my parents' cottage is. Sure. Can you give me an investigation check, please? Or perception, whichever you'd like. Um, I'm better at perception. That is a 13 plus 6 for a 19. That's pretty good. Yeah. 19. All right, with a 19, I think that you can hear your parents inside, but as you walk up to the front door, the door is locked, which is kind of odd for the kind of village community thing that you usually have going on in Laketon. Hmm. What do I hear them? Are they, like, do I hear anything in particular? No, I don't think so. I think that they're kind of just... The thing that you hear is the radio is on. Uh, They, of course, refuse to use any sort of streaming service. They still use an AM, FM radio. 
um, that your dad pulled out of a car and then rigged up to a speaker because he thinks that that's the best way to get it. Uh, so you hear like, This is 104.3, classic rock, but not what classic rock means now, what classic rock meant 30 years ago. Oh, Eric, so sorry, mostly. hang on, let me turn my radio down. I think I it was playing over what you were doing, so if you want to just retake that, I'll let you. Weird. I hate when both Christian radio and local shock jocks get into my microphone. <laughs> 60s, 70s, and 80s, nothing later than that, because that's not really classic rock. <laughs> um... I, I'm gonna bend down, take the key from under the welcome mat, and just let myself in. <laughs> how many times have I told them not to keep the key there? <laughs> every day, every day. Then how would Val get into any building? Exactly. Straight, roll, just roll a d20 for me. Has a 19 feel. Yeah. How does that go down? Yeah, that goes down real get smooth. Get fucked, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, oh, sorry, sorry. I didn't sleep well. I was really excited. Agro Amanda for this episode. What's wild is that I was going to say, yeah, anything above a three would have done it because <laughs> that's definitely true. But I'm yes. sorry. I also, for the first time in this campaign, just peaked my mic track. So I'm going to. Whoa. Ooh. Whoa. Okay. All right. Yeah, there is a key. There's 100% the key under the mat. I'm going to just put it in the doorknob and walk in. Cool. You uh, you walk inside and the the radio is on. You see the radio still blasting. Anything after 1990 really isn't classic rock. It should be a different genre. But your parents are not there. Actually, the the faucet is still on. I'm going to immediately, like, flatten my back against the wall and kind of, like, start rotating around, like, the perimeter of the room and, like, looking around and trying to see if there is anyone hidden or violent here. There's also, like, a 10% chance my parents are having sex in their room, so... (laughs) I'm going to first make sure that there's no intruders and then approach their bedroom. Incredible. It's an incredibly smart move, Amanda, but also a fucking hilarious image of you just getting real flat and then scooting around the room. Oh, yeah. Make a dexterity saving throw with disadvantage, please. Uh, uh-oh. It's a sex dexterity. It's a sex sexterity roll. Gross. That was actually an 18 and then a 17 plus 8 for a 25. Damn. Somehow I saved all my rolls for this episode, hopefully. You are looking around anticipating you're going to walk in and your parents having sex. Yeah. So (laughs) I think that is the thing that is most on your mind. So you don't notice when you trip over something as you are walking through the kitchen and you stumble and the glasses are slipping off your face. But I think like you slap them back on your face using like a big hand. You stretch your hand all out big. One finger stretches. Just one one big finger keeping the glasses on your face. Uh, and you look down and you see that a trap door has just opened up uh, beneath your feet. He says, oh, honey, you got a call before you come over. We could have been, you know, together. Mom. <laughs> what? What is this? This isn't on the building plans. What is that? Uh, fine. Okay. Don't tell any of your siblings, please. Oh, my God. The number of things I've not told my siblings over the years. Why do you even have to say that? I don't. It's in, it's ingrained in me. It's something I keep secrets. I'm sorry. Just come on down. Can I look down before I climb down? Yeah, absolutely. Do I see her? Yeah, your mom is kind of her little face is kind of poked out from the trap door uh, because it, it like nudged you from the back. So like she didn't get it open all that much. So it's just like you just see her little face <laughs> poking out from the trap door. And she's a person. Yeah, you look down while wearing the sunglasses, and your mom is a person. Okay, phew. I'll keep them on until I see my dad, but I'll um, I'll open the trap door and look down. Yeah, you stretch your head down, truly, <laughs> literally, and uh, it, there's kind of just like a little den down there. 
it's like homey and really warm. A lot of warm lights down there. There's like a lot of blankets and a couch, like a little love seat just for the two of them. And there's a big chair that your dad's currently sitting in with a very large TV. Uh, and he's watching a Giants game from 12 years ago. You know, he's watching the Super Bowl where the Giants beat the Patriots Mm -hmm. because your dad hates Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. And it's mostly because he, one, looks like a pretty boy and two, hates tomatoes, which are two things that are just, he has a strong feeling against. My dad can forgive a lot of things, but not hating tomatoes. No, absolutely not. There's also kind of like out of place. There's like an official office file cabinet in here as well. Like, it's, like, really, like, cozy, den, lots of blankets. It seems like your mom's just like, oh, this is just because of when we don't want people looking in on us. You know how pretty small town living. Yeah, I wish you'd kind of considered that before you move back right next door to me. Um, but who who built this for you? When? Okay, we got some guys, contractors. From what company? There's some bad people out there, Ma. They're scamming uh, folks in their golden years like you. I know the Hendersons, their son married a lovely boy and he his brother is in con- is a really wonderful contractor so we we went with the, we went with him what was his last name oh, i don't know they have a business card they have a I, license I, I can't, you want you want to look in you want to look at my receipts aggie i come home uh, to my parents house where i knock furiously and then have to let myself in thinking that my parents in their golden years have like had a stroke or something and then i come in and your faucet is running and you guys are nowhere to be found so yes i was pretty terrified uh your mom like lightly hits your dad like with the back of her back of her head just in the shoulder and be like you left the you left the faucet on again okay What's this filing cabinet doing down here? Oh, Hank uh, Hank wanted us to hold on to it. Oh. what? What's in it? His things. I don't look inside. I'm going to walk over and open it. Don't, Aggie, don't. I work Margaret, with Hank. Margaret, Mary, Josephina, O'Hare. Not one of my names. And then I like reach my arm out to kind of like put it in her face like mom. I, I'm sorry that I can't remember the name you were I know, confirmed under. I know. I know. You chose the patron saint of helping animals. I don't even know if that's a real one. I think Father Father Priestley just made it up for you. Yes, his name is Father Priestley. I know we all think that's funny. <laughs> Father Priestley is an extremely funny name. Yeah, Thank really. you. I appreciate that. Is it unlocked? Can I open it? Yeah. It's just a file cabinet. What's in it? There are similar types of files that you saw from the OTA. About every person that I or Hank know? Uh, Yes. The ones that you could not find in the OTA were in there specifically. There is Milo's file and Hank's like employment files are also in there. There's also some other, any of the other ones you didn't find in there are also in there. There's also like an entire, like there are binders about Dr. Morrow in here. Are there any about John Press or any of his aliases? Um, Make an investigation check. Everyone knows if you don't hire Jake as your contractor in Lake 10, you're fucking up. Yeah. That's a natural 20? It is. Oh, what are you oh looking my God. For? What do you want? What do you want, Amanda? So, Julian Brandon, as of this recording, you have not heard what I did. Nope. Super haven't. During our time away. And something I learned when I went to Delaware with a sommelier. You went to Delaware? Why? Was Because uh, it's a tax haven, Julia. Oh, right. That makes sense. <laughs> Gutenberg hates heat. Heat. Huh? He doesn't do well with heat. Like a computer, he needs to be in cold environments at all times. That's what I learned. Huh. So 
I would like to know if there is anything else, if there are any files about him, his aliases, triplicate, anybody that we know to be a known alias with an eye toward what their weakness is. How can we defeat them once and for all? Wonderful. Uh, to be honest with you, the weakness, that weakness uh, was just corroborated by uh, the files in here. Okay. Was that John Press, from what they've understood in Gutenberg, from his study. It's about, This is more about Gutenberg's powers. I'll tell you, uh, uh, Julia and Brandon, is that the sommelier gave Amanda a flash drive that had like... You know when fi- when very rich people hire uh, detectives for like really wild shit, like the most wild and mundane things, is like they kind of had just like a report on John Press the person and like his likes and dislikes, like you know rich people doing a, a deep dive on that, and that's where they found out that he was a, he does not like being sweaty at all. This was kind of corroborated in more of a clinical OTA examining powers sort of thing that they have figured out. And they, as they've seen him and observed him, that if he gets very hot, he's unable to hold on to control of his creations. They're not sure exactly what goes wrong when that happens, but it is that. The thing that you do find is a family tree on John Press. And here's the thing. I will summarize this because it's written in very, like, corporate ease from the 1960s. John Press is not his real name. He changed it because he hated his dad. His dad lived in... Laketon, all the way back, he was the one who ran for, like, town council, as we had talked about all the way a long time ago. And he was a real dick. Like, no one liked him. And he also owned the country club that was nearby before Laketon was incorporated. It was kind of just, like, a very, a really big country club slash golf course and some out cabins and stuff. Um, And then he changed his name and started emulating Gutenberg. And as he discovered his powers and worked on them, there's like an analysis portion kind of at the end of this document. And it's like, we think that uh, because of his deep father issues and the neglect that his father gave to him and the rest of his siblings, trying to uh, take the control of, of Laketon for all those years ago and before in the, in the upstate New York area, uh, his powers manifested that he used as an outlet for his emotions, but he never got full control over it. Um, he seemed more interested in making money and that being his main power. Is there like an ice skating rink or something at the uh, country club? That's interesting. Why do you ask? Because if his dad owned the country club, it was probably left to him and it's probably his base of operations now. And if it has a particular place that is cold, that would be the first place that I would look. Or a commercial kitchen. Or a commercial kitchen. Yeah. Uh, the country club, I said, uh, I also want to point out that you saw in the document was that the country club no longer exists. Once Laketon was incorporated, they built wanted to build housing and the country club was everywhere. So they kind of re- converted some of the old out cabins into the bungalows you see now. But the main buildings, like the main country club place uh, where the golf courses were, all that stuff is no longer there. And I think, Aggie, maybe you have a good sense of that just from general. Like, oh, I didn't know there was a country club. I don't know where it is. I didn't know where it is, but that kind of makes sense, I guess. Yeah, there's some old photos with, like, the lake, and there's, like, the big building that, you know, now something else is there, and all of these little bungalows that you could rent are now the houses that people live in. Here's an interesting thing. With the Nat 20, I will also say that, you know what building is still there? Is the boathouse. Oh, yeah, that was going to be my next thought, which was, mm-hmm. hey, remember those tunnels under Laketon? Yep. Where the ice cream lady was? Oh, boy. Great. Okay. Hmm. I'm going to be like, thank you, Mom. Thank you, Dad. 
Next time you come down here, please leave the trap door open. That way, in case something happens, you can call for help, okay? Aggie, I would like it if you respected our privacy that we don't need to keep the door open for you what? all the time. Okay. Thank you. I really, I just need to set boundaries. Love you, Daddy. Bye, Mom. <laughs> Love you, Margaret. Bye, honey. And I'm going to, like, roll my eyes vociferously once my back is turned. And then it's just like, oh, Tom Brady, get it! That's the first time we've heard my dad talk on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they might not be pixels, but they may be some other kind of evil doer. Yeah, he's oh. made out of pure dad energy. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, there you go. Cool. I'll walk back to the cottage. I'll sit at the kitchen table and um, and kind of scratch pizza with one hand as I call up Google Street View and just start kind of looking at the boathouse and Main Street and refreshing my memory on that stuff as I wait for these, these guys to wake up. For sure. You kind of got confirmation on that. The boathouse was still around. For further color, it is important to note that pizza is lying next to me. Or I should say Milo is lying next to pizza. So it's almost as if you're also scratching Milo. <laughs> pizza is on top of Milo, but then tuna is on top of pizza. <laughs> Val is up by the time you get back. And Val is like, Aggie, I hope you don't mind. I used a lot of the things in your fridge and also your pantry. And now I made ragu. Is that cool? Do you want some? <laughs> I would love some. Thank you. Hell yeah. <laughs> I just made myself hungry thinking about ragu. <laughs> I, I'm happy to report my parents are not uh, constructs, but I did walk in on what I thought was going to be them um, together. But instead, it was them in a little den that they made watching football, which is almost kind of worse. Huh. Were they not together? Were they separated? What do you mean? Okay. You're asleep. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Bowl of ragu and penne. <laughs> Rigatoni, actually. Not not Penny. Rigatoni. Nice, thick Rigatoni. Here's a suggestion from me as the head writer of Join the Party. Do any you three feel like you are resolved with your uh, interpersonal issues? <laughs> Among the three of us? No, I'm serious. That's why no, I'm saying it. Like, don't I'm just keep laughing at the idea of anyone ever being resolved in all of their interpersonal issues. <laughs> in, this in this particular interpersonal issue. I just didn't know if, you wanted, if anyone wanted to resolve that. I think Val like, serves... Out bowls of ragu and rigatoni for everyone. Is there food? There's a hundred percent. Come sit down. I'm gonna eat that food. Can I have that food? Yeah. Yes, you can. Come sit down at the table. Wonderful. Thank no you. No one give pizza anything that was like his week's worth of treats. Okay. Okay. <laughs> fine. He, he gets a little bowl of just the ragu. <laughs> <laughs> And I think Val sits down at the table after serving everyone because that's who they are as a person. And then is like, so uh, do we all want to talk about the like interdimensional trip that Aggie and I went on where we found out things about Milo and also ourselves? What? Yeah. Yeah. Remember when we went into that mirror and then you said nope and then you didn't go in the mirror? Yeah, with Val, us? I remember that. Okay. <laughs> You asked what, so I just wanted to clarify what I was talking about. Um, my uh, good friends and the only deity, Anubis, kind of a, you know, like a baby monitor's work. It's kind of like that. It was a little, like a little bit of a breach of, of privacy, so I apologize. But it was Anubis inspired, so, you know, take it up with him, I guess. Um, oh, okay. So you do know all about that because I had like some weird internal conflict about like knowing something truly personal about your past and yeah. you not knowing it. No, that saves us a lot of like awkward explaining about 
things. Oh no, yeah, I I got all that, and I appreciate y'all give, allowing me the um, opportunity to discover that on a personal level, as opposed to just being told, you know, I'll propose nothing. Um, cool. But yeah, I think I just heard like stuff mostly about me. I don't know what did y'all learn. Uh, and then Val looks at Aggie. Other me sucks. So it seems like something happened when we went through time and in this other version or or timeline, I was terrible. No, I mean, I was me. I had different powers. I was a lot more strict and also sad because Dr. Morrow kind of died. <laughs> mm. Sorry, that's Brandon laughing. Not- <laughs> yeah, yeah. And January had to go after her because uh, she was fucking around with black holes. And uh, it was just really sad. And um, also that Vulcani was evil. Don't think that'll happen to you. Uh, that seems right. Um, hey, what? In this, in this universe? Or? No, my, oh. not in this universe. <laughs> wow. Got him. <laughs> Shockingly, I'm not a mass murderer in this universe. Milo, I was prepared to afford you like three to four weeks of a lot of sympathy because you learned that you can't reunite with your birth parents, which is like a fraught thing to begin with. Um, I'm just going to tell you that that clock's running down a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Val, you murdered this bowl of ragu, though. Thank you. I know I did. Damn. Nice. Yeah, I've been feeling a lot of internal conflict also about the fact that I am a mass murderer in another timeline. I don't feel good about that. Were y'all able to get through the mirror just fine like did you feel okay like could y'all go back and murder the murderer no also i feel weird about murdering myself in another timeline <laughs> that's fair i get that That seems weird i didn't consider that before that makes sense mm. yeah i just listen i i think that in another timeline another world whatever you want to call it you probably had good reasons for whatever you needed to do so I don't know how any of that stuff works. I also don't know if I'm emotionally prepared to tell Des that we talked to G-Day again. So I don't know if I want to open that whole thing. But I think the important thing to know is that this is the one we're in and we're on each other's team. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad this is the timeline I'm in. Yeah, this seems like a better timeline. Milo's here. Hey, thanks. Um, Genuinely. I mean, who knows? Maybe the other Val murdered 10,000 small yays, and then that would make sense. Okay, let's talk about that, too. I mean, are you, like, how <laughs> how much of that is a joke? Um, I can't put numbers on it. I'm still very mad at Somalier for hurting Lou. Yeah. I'm not yeah. going to actually murder someone because I don't want to go to superhero prison. Yeah. Um, but if I'm honest, feel like murdering her. Uh, this is how my internals are feeling, you know. Did I tell you I punched her in the face? No. Tell yeah, you? it felt great. That's oh, awesome. I was there for that. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And listen, I'm I'm sorry we weren't there to help you protect Lou. I I don't know how I would have felt if I had to watch that happen. So I I know you did all you could for her. No, I mean you. We were split up. We were doing that. We you doing your thing. You know, to apologize for that. I just uh, yeah. I just feel a little bit uh useless that I can't protect you know, the people that I care about. So, uh, you know, we should, we should fully murder Gutenberg though. Like I'm, I'm fine with that. I mean, again, (laughs) I am a mass murderer in another timeline. So I am going to like hold my hand back a little bit in the like, yeah, let's murder this guy or murder anyone. So we need all his passwords so we can make him rebuild a new high school. So yes. Yes. Gaga needs to live again. Yeah. Um, on that note, 
my uh, apparently Hank and my parents are friends because um, huh. he gave them a filing cabinet with all of the files on us and all of the people we couldn't find in that room. They're just in my parents' basement over there, which isn't smart because, again, yeah. the water table is so high and getting Brian Roper <laughs> fired is going to be my first priority after all this shit is sorted out. Yeah. I was going to say maybe like, you know, having classified information in a, a random citizen's household is maybe not smart, but the water table definitely also is a problem. <laughs> That's going to flood. That is a reason they don't build bungalows with basements. You know they literally, like, dug it, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, they just, like, someone went in and, like, ruined your, bo- your mom and dad's house and to, like, dig for, like, five days. That's the bad. The concrete is already wet. It's wet now. It's wet <laughs> I have right a now. feeling that, like, a, a certain dry. building inspector in Lake Town City would be very pissed about that. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll, I'll text Jake after all this is done. Uh, yeah, I... But... One of the the file in there, John Press thing, um, he's like a, a son of Laketon. Like we we kind of knew this, but his dad used to own the country club, um, which makes sense. Makes sense, and definite rich kid energy. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I think we got to return to the boathouse, right? That's the that's the one structure that's left. We know that Ma was using all of those tunnels. We know there's some kind of hidden network and. If Dr. Morrow had a good view of the lake, what better view is there than the boathouse? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, we're returning to our origins. Isn't that fucking cool? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty Yeah, it's pretty neat. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty neat that that happened. Hey, there's a random citizen that's spying on us. <laughs> hey, sorry. Sorry, I'm the invisible guy. I felt really weird. God I was a villain it. for a bit. <laughs> I thought you were an evil guy. Do we have to punch you? There, is this Derek the Bard? No, I'm a different invisible guy. I was there. I was on the bad guy's team, but then I decided not to. I'm sorry. Good. Go away. <laughs> okay, fine. See you later. Crash. Can I pitch a, a hero's journey where we go get Gutenberg and travel to the uh, super fun dome practice thing and throw him into the volcano a la Gollum and the ring. <laughs> it's pretty funny. That'd be satisfying. Great. Thanks. If only you had a walking volcano with you. Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> but I need the journey, you know? No, I know. Yeah, yeah. you guys No, Val just like does a lap or a, a bunch again. of laughs. They're yeah. end back again. <laughs> I'll just leave They're after we defeat again. him, I'll just leave and go across the lake and then you guys can walk to me. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah. I'll fly on an eagle over to you. Do you guys get that I said the subtitle of the yes, Hobbit? Yeah. Okay. No, all, I, I got all of your references. I, I heard all of them. I'm sure everyone will get your references. They're very good. Um hell yes. All right. I feel better. Just I'm glad. I'm so glad all of you resolved that. Is there anything you want to do, or you want to head out? I think we should go defeat Gutenberg. Hey, it's Eric. I know I'm kind of behind on this trend because everyone is wearing soft pants now. But I now have a really nice pair of sweatpants from Champion. They're kind of like a dusky red, and I've been wearing them a lot lately. But I haven't just been wearing them inside the apartment. Going out, especially now that it's getting warmer, I'm walking around with them, I'm going to work with them. It's really, really fun. So, like, buy yourself some nice sweatpants. (laughs) That's nice, wearable outside sweatpants are the future. I don't see that changing anytime soon. Welcome to the mid-roll. It also has, like, little cool pockets, like real pockets, which is nice, and I'm really enjoying. 
First and foremost, thank you to our newest patrons, Joel and Francine. We're so thankful for your support. Did you know that Join the Party Patron Discord is the happiest place on the internet? It is 100% true. We had four out of five dentists say so, and the fifth dentist did not know what Discord was, so we're kind of discounting him. We have so many friends in there, especially after we hit our goals last month. We are over 600, and baby, we just keep on growing. There are lots of people to meet, lots of pets to see, and we're seeing the development of the poster that Sarah Bear is doing. It looks really good. So go to patreon.com slash join the party pod and become a patron today to support the show. As a reminder, this is our housekeeping. There are only two weeks left of campaign two. I know, I can't believe it either. This episode is happening right now. Next week is our last story episode of the campaign. Get ready for that. And the week after that is a special after party at the end of the book where we talk about everything from Lake Town City from episode one all the way to episode Wherever we are. I think it's 58. I did that off the dome. I hope that. But when we said no bad Tuesdays, we meant it. We're also going to announce what we're doing after this very, very soon. So you're going to get content continuously. We have much, much more coming your way. It is a wonderful day to check out another show that is a part of Multitude. This week, I'm going to recommend Exolore. Have you ever wondered what life would be like on a planet different from your own? Or how writers create your favorite fictional worlds? Well, wonder no more because we have the facts and figures and stories for you. Every other week, astrophysicist and folklorist Dr. Moya McTeer explores fictional worlds by building them with a panel of expert guests interviewing professional world builders or reviewing the merits of worlds that have already been built. You'll learn, you'll laugh, and you'll gain an appreciation for how special our planet really is. Subscribe today by searching for Exolore. Exo meaning like exoskeleton and lore like story. Exolore put together in your podcast app or go to exolorepod.com. We are sponsored this week by Skillshare. If you're thinking to yourself, huh, I wish I could make more fan art of during the party, but I really need to level up my drawing skills before I do it. I have great news. Skillshare has so many classes on web comics, illustration, sketching, and character creation. Not only graphic design and other stuff if you don't want to draw, but you still want to put stuff together. Whether you are diving deep into a hobby, learning professional skills, or leveling up your RPG campaign planning, you gotta check it out. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash join the party, where our listeners get a free trial of premium membership. That is Skillshare.com slash join the party. We are also sponsored by Squarespace. Ah, the prodigal son comes home to roost. Squarespace is a super easy and beautiful tool for building your brand and growing your business online by making a beautiful website. We have been using Squarespace for years to run Join the Parties and Multitude websites and maybe in a show that I'm launching soon. Maybe, maybe. But making that show's website on Squarespace is part of the launching the podcast process that really makes it all feel real, and it is so easy to do. I can tell you, I've been in those minds like yesterday, and it actually is all coming together. I love the beautiful custom templates. I love the very easy-to-use SEO tools, and I love the fact that you can just set up an online store to sell physical and digital products. Whether you're launching a podcast, a brand, or a business, let Squarespace be your toolkit. Go to squarespace.com slash join the party for a free 
trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code JOINTHEPARTY, all one word, to save 10% off on your first purchase of a website or domain. Finally, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Stress shows up in all kinds of ways. And in a world that's telling you to do more, sleep less, and grind all the time, and I'm not talking about grinding up bones for poultices that you use for magic. I'm talking about, like, grind, like, working perpetually. Here is your reminder to take care of yourself, do less, and maybe try some therapy instead of, you know, bone poultice. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It is much more affordable than in-person therapy. You just got to give it a try and see if online therapy can help lower your stress and you can have someone to talk to. It's nice. Join the party listeners. Get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash join the party. That is B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash join the party. And now, back to the show. Can I compose a text message to all of our... I don't know if we have like an encrypted superhero communication app or yeah, sure. if we just have kind of everybody's phone numbers and stuff. But I Yeah, would... that's called Carmen. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um so I will Don't invite don't invite Somalia, please. Just don't. I don't wanna don't. What I wanna do is prepare for once we have Gutenberg in our sites, if we need the backup, I wanna prepare it so that we can call an SOS to everybody who just helped us out, including the Somalier, because she is useful in a fight. But I'm asking I'm asking as one team to another team, don't invite Somalier. I will be distracted. I won't include her on the list. Yay! Thank you, Aggie. Okay. So I'll just compose a group text message to everybody except Somalier mm-hmm. and write it but not send it to say, SOS, help me at ASAP, Gutenberg located, come help us. And then I'll drop a pin whenever... If ever I decide to send it. Sounds good. Okay. I like that the sommelier is 100% going to be the big bad if we ever do a season two. That's literally <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah. Y'all walk out of, Ag- <laughs> y'all walk out of Aggie's house. I think you want to head down towards the boathouse? Yeah. Cool. Like a casual stroll just before we go defeat the big bad. Oh, by the way, guys, I got some cool shit in the basement when I was mad at you and I didn't want to tell you about it. Oh. Um, My- Milo. Do you want some cool shit? Sure. That would have been helpful with the kaiju. Yes, I want cool shit, but we'll talk about maturity later, I guess. <laughs> Brandon, make a dexterity saving throw with disadvantage. Oh, no. Oh, no. Can I give the help action? No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. My first roll, first roll with the January dice, natural one, baby. Oh, Incredible. No. <laughs> you sneeze and you drop the infinity ring and the bottle of mercury <laughs> just off the ground. Yeah, it was, the, sorry guys, it was these things. I don't think I sneezed on them. Uh, God, I hope not. So I would like to keep the ring. One is cool and it's Lord of the Ringsy, and it gives me... Uh, good luck, I think. You need that, bud. Uh, okay. This one is a literal bottle of mercury. Um, I think you just like rub it on yourself and it makes you more more uh, resistant. I think Val goes, uh, Aggie, why don't you take this then? The other thing that fell out of Milo's pocket earlier today. 
Yeah. Wow, I guess I'm the only one who doesn't have stuff from Milo's pocket. Okay. I have some gum. I don't want it. Okay. I have so many pockets, Milo. It's about <laughs> it's about the your pocket, not about my pocket. Really, Aggie should be having anything to do with pockets. I know. Do you want my pockets? N- no. <laughs> okay. For uh, absolutely no reason, because this is obviously the episode after you guys discovered these magic items, uh, here's just a quick recap of how they work. Uh, the bottle of mercury, if you anoint it to your clothes and stuff, you get plus one AC. And if someone attacks you and they fail by seven or more, you can retaliate with an action. Cool. The infinity ring, when if you roll an eight on the dice, you automatically hit or succeed as if you just got the AC or DC. For AC, it's kind of straightforward. It's attack or not. But for DCs, it's also like you just get it in the way that, you know, other types of games where you have like successes with conditions or you mildly succeed it's kind of like that so if if the dc was a 15 then i would essentially roll a 15 exactly also though if something was a dc 5 and you roll an 8 on the dice is as if you got a 5 so there's a little bit of a pullback but it, it only happens every so often and then the tuning fork the tuning fork is 1d10 piercing 1d8 sonic damage where you can do a free extra attack or you can switch places with like a sonic version of yourself 15 feet away um, it currently has two charges if you can figure out a way to re tune it like get it vibrating again you can get those charges back oh cool i have a question about the mercury very quickly is that a permanent effect uh yes it is great i'm gonna do that immediately nice aggie i have been calling that one the tuna fork so if you could carry on that tradition that would be great um i know i've asked a lot of you in these recent times So the three of you head out into Laketon. I think it's about sunset. Remember, it is still fall now, and you did have a big day of fighting a kaiju for the majority of today. So I think you're walking out into the cool fall air with the sun setting on the lake. And again, you're back where this all started. For Aggie, truly, where it all began, but uh, for Val and for Milo as well, this was where your first big fights that were not Emily Slaughter related went down. I can still smell the beautiful, luxurious scent of my clothes on fire. (laughs) And ice cream in the air. Incredible. Uh, I think y'all are walking towards the boathouse, uh, but something catches your eye, Aggie. Uh, Fucking river greens in the woods again? (laughs) Hey, man, leave me alone. I just love hiking. Stop. He knows better now. We had a talk. I... I (laughs) I I got my credits at LCC. It's fine. As you're, you're walking over to the boathouse, but you see that there is a very large stump over to your left near the boathouse. And you remember that this is also the stump that leads into Ma's secret hideout. Um, there's also a keypad on it with the numeral pad as well. As you I might type remember. boobs. It opens up. Good. I'm glad we all remember. They don't even change their passwords. What the fuck? Was it boobs or boobies? Because, you know. Uh, whatever it was. Yeah. Whatever it was. That's what it is. Um, but you also notice that attached to the stump are three envelopes. They're like cream colored, have like a heavy stock weight. And each one is addressed to your names, to Milo, Aggie, and Vul, like it's short for Vulcani. Like V-U-L? V-U-L, yeah. Okay. 
guys, I don't take this lightly, but seeing these fucking envelopes makes me want to litter. <laughs> Damn, Aggie, that's hardcore. Oh, uh, you're, you're fucked up on the inside, Aggie. God, I'm so mad. My mom told me about boundaries. She didn't know that word two months ago. <laughs> I opened mine up. Milo, you open yours up, and inside are two pieces of paper. One has a series of names, addresses, phone numbers, and email addresses. You don't recognize any of the names, but as you scan through, and maybe you Google some, you realize that these are like heads of companies, rich folk, like community leaders from various places around Lake Town City. You see that like from all over the neighborhoods. Uh, you also see that there is a receipt for a political pack uh, that says uh, Hank Lane for mayor with the, the number four. And it says the the money, uh, it has a million dollars in the pack. What? So is this a is this a threat of exposure or more of a like a gesture of like a bribe? The second one, it's a, it's a receipt. This is like someone printed out like contact information for important people in the city, and the, the, there is a pack that has a million dollars at, at its disposal. Your dad does not have a pack. You do not know where it is. Uh, like well, candidates, this... Eric can't ever have packs. Why would you say exactly, that? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and create a bonfire on this motherfucker and burn it down. Sure. The lanes cannot be bought. Can I look at mine? Sure. Inside yours is actually only one piece of paper. It is a letter from the Forestry Department of the United States offering Aggie O'Hare a job as the local caretaker of the Verdant Zone Forest, which is the hidden United States National Forest. It's hidden? Like it's a secret national park? Mm-hmm. Secret That's national cool. park. That's cool shit, Aggie. I don't know. Maybe you should take it. It's a job offering for you as like the head custodian of the secret park, plus a deed for the custodian's cabin in the woods. That there's like a photo in there of that cabin. It's like three stories. It's an A-frame. It has a really large porch that stretches out looking out at the most emerald green forest you've ever seen in your entire life. I can't do it, Val. Take it away. <laughs> Val just uses Ignite and lights it on fire. Thank you. God, that was cool. Can my, I, I, are you sure? Can you transfer that to someone? I'll take it. No, no. It's too beautiful. <laughs> All right, hit me. Hit me with it. Sure. Actually, uh, your voles is very large. It's actually like if you made a manila envelope out of cream colored like cardstock, it's, it's actually very large. And you pull it out and it's like really, really long document. It's like a hundred pages long and you're flipping through it and it is a draft from the uh, New York State like a lawmaker's desk for a bill that you, as you flip through you realize that they are going to move a ton of money of rehabilitation and revitalization to Lake Town City's Little Italy neighborhood. That's it is like it has been drafted. You would have known if it has been put into the state government or not. But it seems like the offices of a few state senators or whatever have put this together and are, are looking to enter it in the it is like ready to go to be brought in front of folks. Yeah, uh, European listeners. That is how fucking American governments work. It's wild. Bad. <laughs> uh God, this is so pretty. This is so nice. Aww. Think of all the Italian food restaurants I could eat at. There'd be so many more cannolis in the neighborhood. 
Uh, I burn it. <laughs> Goes up in flames. The stump trap door is open for you to go on in if you would like. Uh, I'm going to lay my hand on Aggie's shoulder and cast guidance as like a ready action for Aggie. Thank you. Hell yes. I think that you all uh, jump inside again. You There's the same like little divots for the ladder <laughs> as for you walk, walking down in there. And you're back where you first started in Ma's secret hideout. I do want to note that this place looks gutted. Like the property brothers were here and they're about to finish flipping it. Like everything has kind of been ripped out. I don't know if you remember from all the way all the way back in the first few episodes, but there was like a narrow hallway that led all the way down and then there was like and then it took like a hard right and then there was another there was kind of like a cupboard for all I can say, like a closet with a bunch of weapons and, and shields and and uh all their munitions and stuff. But like you look around and like they kind of I guess they had covered up a lot of stuff. There were people they had like ripped out walls and stuff. There's like sheetrock kind of everywhere. Maybe they dug out some stuff because it's underground. They dug out more things under the lake here. So it is bigger, right? Like there are some what I can only describe to be conference rooms have been kind of set up here, but then they haven't set anything up. Like the doors aren't there. Uh, maybe there's like one picture on the wall, but there's no furniture. You can see that thing where there's like the glue on the wall from maybe there used to be wallpaper. Maybe like there's uh, some imprints of furniture or things that were hung on the wall that kind of like leave that imprint uh, where it like looks a little bit darker when everything else has been like bleached by the light. It looks hollowed out here. Which is kind of, which is really kind of, kind of a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it also has like that thing that you see in all apartments now that like they, all fucking apartments look the same and all have that same like really badly put together thing. That's like, oh. Whatever, whatever like nickel plated hardware was on sale that week at the supply store. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think as you're walking through, how do you all feel about this? Being back in Ed Ma's place that's gutted. Look, Milo, that's where you caught on fire. <laughs> they got rid of the scorch marks. I can still smell it. It's horrible. It's gross. Uh, Milo's feeling um, cautiously optimistic. Like, I think he's nervous to be back in a space where he knows, like, not only is something bad going to happen, but something has happened. But mm. for the first time, I think he's like, feels genuinely, like, prepared to tackle whatever he finds. But he's not a fool, you know? He's kind of like watching everyone's six and turning, darting his head left and right, you know? <laughs> now, I have listened to 60 episodes of Join the Party. Are you saying Milo's not a fool? Is this a character change you're, you're doing? Oh, no. <laughs> Seems weird. Seems out of character. Uh, let me see on my character sheet. Oh, yeah. It says abilities. Your DM is a jerk. <laughs> I think Aggie is so ready to take this guy down. He is not just a threat to Lake Town City. He's a threat to her friends, her family, her life, her hobbies. She has a life to get back to. She is not in her same old routine anymore. She has a partner, a family, siblings that she is friends with and not just a caretaker of. She needs to get Brian Ripper fired. There's a lot of Nagy's to-do list and it all begins with getting Gutenberg the fuck out of her city. Mm -hmm. Val, Val just wants to punch. Val is feeling confident. Val has been wanting to punch for quite a while now. Has punched, but only copies. And now it's time for no more pixels, only man. 
Incredible. No pixels, no men, only punch. Yes. No pixels, no men, only punch. Incredible. All right. You're kind of just like poking around. You're singing like, oh, yeah, that is where Milo was on fire. Oh, yeah, that's where <laughs> we, we punched all those guys in the mountain lobster masks and that. You also look in like the, the closet that had all that stuff. It is just totally empty. Maybe there's like a can of beans on the crown. And you're like, Who, why did they have beans and why did they leave it? There was like swords and shields in here before. Now there's beans. There's one can of beans. Like also, why aren't they using the shelf space? Like there, there. If I remember correctly, there was a pegboard in here, yeah. and like they're not even using the pegboard. It's yeah. just like they are empty. They didn't even remove the pegboard. No, it's just like you see the outline of like a gun, <laughs> and you're like, at least clean that. Do something with it, please. <laughs> like a, a horror movie trailer. Can I hauntingly sing a children's song? Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, walk down the hallway. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Aggie pulls the tuning fork out of her thigh pocket and is kind of like slapping it against her hand as they walk down the hallway. And she's going to sing a a song her grandfather sang to her on her last day of school uh, in elementary school. No more pencils, no more books, no more dirty copies of pixels. Fuck you, Gutenberg. I'm going to make this even creepier and turn this into our advantage even more by casting Muffled Celerity. So we, you can't hear any footfalls or like sounds of equipment or the swish of fabric. So all you hear in this cave right now is a disembodied voice yeah. singing a scary children's song. That's incredible. Excellent. Uh, was that a spell or you were just fucking around? No, I do want to cast it. I just was adding it onto it. Oh, no, no, that's fine. I just didn't know. If, yeah, fuck it. It doesn't have to be your spell or spirit surge. You can, you're allowed to use magic for funsies. Cool. That Are you sure? Me. Do you I mean, wanna? You fun. wanna? You could wanna? Are you sure? Because I rolled a two. Does that is that it? Yeah. <laughs> All right, give me a D10, yeah. bud. Give me a D10. For a joke, Brandon. It wasn't a joke. I really didn't want to cast it because I don't want him to know where we're coming from. I just was adding on to Amanda's thing. Thank you. I was yes anding. <laughs> and everything is fine if I yes and. It's true. It's a nine. Okay, here's what happens. You're walking through, and Aggie is trying to make this as creepy as possible, and then all of a sudden, it just goes totally dark. Like, you can't see anything in front of you, because what you did was you cast magical darkness around you before you cast muffled celerity. So it's just like... That's not bad. That's not bad. You're still just in the hallway, so you're just banging around to there. You're like, oh, turn off the lights. Val goes, Milo, what the fuck? I can't see shit. He just plays into it. He's like, guys, guys, I really wanted us to be really sneaky. We're, <laughs> we're going to get the advantage now. Is Does light do anything? Can I lead the way with a glowing gauntlet? Or no, no? It's, it's, yeah, it's magical darkness. Though, so you're just going to bang it around in this hallway. Milo. But even if we are banging around, we don't make noise. So That's, <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. That's better. Guys, oh we have our God. groove back. Okay. We have our groove back. We're fr- guys, we have the advantage. We're so sneaky now. We're going to be good. Oh, my Why God. Why don't we do this Milo, every you time? can't see the look that I'm giving you because there is pitch black darkness surrounding us, but just know it's seething. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. I don't even think I have dark vision. <laughs> no, no you, dark y'all vision. Don't. Also, you can't use dark vision in magical darkness. It's just dark. Oh, my God. That's incredible. As you all bang around in this hallway, I assume it takes like... Silently. Silently. You all just are banging around in here. I think eventually you hear like a very large door slam. Like it's very, very heavy. Kind of like around the corner to the right. I put my hand on the wall like they teach you to escape from mazes. 
Yeah. And I just follow that. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, I think you all make it out of the magical darkness eventually. And then, Val, you see that there is a very large... This is the door to Ma's freezer. And it's a very large freezer door that has been slammed shut. Okay. Can I try to open the door? Sure. Do your regular strength stuff, yeah. Sure. Can I help them? With athletics, it is a 12 plus 9 for a 21. Cool. Yeah, Aggie, you can help if you'd like. Yeah. How do you help? Steak and eggs, baby. Steak and eggs. Steak and eggs. Yeah. No, I I stretch long. That way Val can use me like a lever. Great. Yeah, I think with a 21, you put some pressure on and you realize it's locked and you're like, oh, I'm just going to keep putting pressure on it. And it just like snaps open. Great. It's not locked. It's just stuck. The character arc of strength to keys to back to strength. <laughs> Listen, if it didn't work, I would have looked for a key. Yeah. <laughs> because this is a comic book, I do want to show, I guess, what happened from the other side. Gutenberg and Triplicate are in there, and Gutenberg's like, do you think we should close the door? Do you think keeping the door open is uh, too presumptuous? Like, do you one thing? And then Triplicate's like, oh, I don't know. We'll just have someone close the door when they're ready. It's just the riffraff. That you know what? No, Triplicate, why don't you go close the door? It, it will make more sense for our presentation. It's fine while you're all banging around in the hallway, <laughs> falling on top of each other. And then Triplicate has slammed the door. And then, like, Silently. And then Triplicate, yeah, no, they don't hear you. It's like there's the panel of Triplicate closing the big vault door. Uh, being like, oh, I've never done this much ex- exertion in my life. While you're all like running into each other, there's like an insert panel of the darkness. <laughs> and then, of course, you throw the door open uh, that opens with a resounding creak, and you are back in Ma's freezer. However, this is not Ma's freezer anymore. Everything about it has kind of been ripped out. There are kind of the the tiles around that symbolizes something that could have water in it and frozen ice cream. Uh, So maybe there are still some sticky puddles everywhere. But uh, once again, they have dug out quite a lot of space. This area is huge. It is very similar to the size of the warehouse, maybe when you walked in the warehouse for the first time where you met Emily Slaughter. It is really just like open space in there. And it needs to be considering the stuff that is in here, uh, including one very, very large sphere. You can see that there is a matte black sphere that's kind of like vaguely hovering in the air. It, it also has like a touch screen that has been grafted onto the side like someone just kind of glued an iPad to the side of this matte black sphere. Um, it's not shiny, I want to point out, and Amanda hates it when appliances are matte black because it just looks like no light is just like touching it at all. Fingerprints! Fingerprints! <laughs> but I don't think that you notice it all that much because the top and the bottom of the sphere are open and you can see that something is roiling inside of it that is popping up. It is this these fluorescent green, I guess, wireframes. I don't know if you've seen like when someone is working on a computer game for the first time or like is getting jacked into the matrix. You just kind of see the wireframe of the person of the thing first. And it's just these wireframes of shapes that are like bouncing and roiling inside of this sphere. There's some are geometric, like circles and they're 2D uh, shapes, like circles and, uh, and rhombuses. Some are almost humanoid. Some are almost scribbles. Like someone is just like kind of scribbled with a gr- bright green marker and it keeps just popping up. They chaotically bounce in and out of the top and bottom and then back in at different angles. It's fast and fluid and random And sometimes they knock into each other, but it's not violent. It's like when an image is bouncing around a screensaver and we see it's like, oh, I love it when the screensaver image bounces into 
the corner, but it seems more incidental than anything else. It just happens. So all of these green, these bright green things, these objects, this, these creations are kind of just roiling inside of this sphere. You also see that there are some very large wires that uh, lead from the sphere to Gutenberg, who is sitting at a his very the well-known very large leather chair that he had behind his desk when you'd seen him in videos, but he kind of been set up at the end of this modified freezer, strapped to his head like they're diodes, you know, like he has one on one side of his head and the other on the other side of his head. He's still wearing his like business casual white button down shirt, no tie, slacks outfit that you you have seen him for. And his he seems pretty tired. His hair is a little grayer than you remember. There's a little more salt than there is pepper. And he looks worn out, standing to his side in just, oh, an impeccable sweatsuit. Like, you know this sweatsuit was like $10,000 is triplicate, who seem to have changed since you last saw them uh, on top of a massive mountain lobster kaiju. It is like so, it looks like wine, almost. Like, I don't know how they made it look like it was a liquid. They, I don't know what they turned terry cloth into to make this as liquidy as possible, but goddamn, it just looks like the reddest wine. Uh, also in here, uh, the wires that connect Gutenberg to the sphere, the matte black sphere, with the stuff inside, are a bunch of his drones. They are holding it up so that these wires don't touch the ground. It is pretty long. It is like 50 feet of wire connected from his his head to the sphere with like there's probably four or five drones on each one remember they're like the the circular bomb style things with the very intricate dragon wings as the door busts open Gutenberg gets up from his chair. I think we see the inside of from Gutenberg's perspective of the door of just Val throwing the door open and uh be like congratulations you figured it out. After me leaving letters for you and uh, letting Cassandra know where this was coming, you found my secret hideout. You did it, and I'm proud of all of you. But unfortunately, I have to tell you, you're just too late. It just doesn't matter. I'm gonna fucking kill you! <laughs> Let's do it! 